right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SHAWN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, so much on social media censorship, the atmosphere uh, that now exists in the country um, in terms of, wow, the double standard is, is so obvious. You know, we played a lot yesterday on the program, a lot of liberal Democrats, And, you know, Nancy Pelosi, people are going to do what they're going to do. And that's a myth. Jerry Nadler said Kamala Harris goes on Colbert, uh, self-righteous as he is every day. He thinks a lot of himself. And he's not really funny. I wish he was funny. Jon Stewart was the least funny and smart. Anyway, they're not going to stop. They were talking about the mostly peaceful protests that have been going on at the time. June 17th, they're not going to stop and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. We have it keyed up for you. We'll play it. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's, they're not, this is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And, and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. It is going to, they're not going to stop before election day in November. And they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up and they should not. And we should not. They're not going to stop. Everyone, you better beware because they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November. They're not going to stop after Election Day. And everyone, you need to, you should take note of that on both levels. What does that mean? They're not going to let up and they should not, and we should not. We had 2,000 law enforcement officers injured. 25 civilian deaths. And some cops died, too. 8,700 protests nationwide, and I need to do, I do need to point out, a lot of people that protested were peaceful. Vast majority peaceful in the summer. But we saw what happened. City blocks take it over. And then they're praised by politicians. This is a summer of love zone. We'll take it over your city blocks. We're not going to let the police get back in. No. We're going to take over police precincts. Some burn to the ground. You look at, you know, the, the number of police officers hurt. 574 of these 8,700 protests were declared as riots with violence and other criminal acts. The looting. The burning, the, the arson, the clashes with, with protesters and the police, you know, rocks, bricks, Molotov cocktails, sticks, bats, other, and then guns in some places. 624 arsons, 97 police vehicles burned. That's what Kamala Harris said. Anyone in the media applying the same standard to her that they're applying to Donald J. Trump, President Trump? I have a cut of Maxine Waters, who's speaking at a dinner somewhere, a gala of some kind in in New York City. And uh, then she told the crowd she was motivated to take Trump out. She got a massive ovation when she said it. Wow, what a moving evening this is. I'm sitting here listening, watching, absorbing, thinking about, I guess it's the dinner of some individual. 
even though I'll never meet him. And with this kind of information, I will go and take out Trump tonight. Play it. Wow. What a moving evening this is. I am sitting here listening, watching, absorbing, thinking about Ali, even though I never met him. And with this kind of inspiration, I will go and take Trump out tonight. I played a lot more and I can, you know, we have a lot of montages, but I did that yesterday. I don't want to repeat myself here. Now, I just want you to pay attention to the things that we're now debating. I, I, I kind of got a kick out of, out of Ted Lieu. You know, Republican members of Congress who incited insurrection should be prosecuted. Um, he's the same guy that said there's going to be civil unrest if Mueller was fired. Oh, okay. Pot, kettle, whatever. They actually are to the point. Now, you might not agree with Ted Cruz. You don't have to agree with anybody. Might not agree with Josh Hawley. They wanted a 10-day audit because the polls, confidence levels as it relates to the election, 83% didn't have confidence in it. And they wanted to instill confidence in the elections. You might think they shouldn't have done it. It doesn't matter. It's a policy disagreement. That's all it was, a 10-day audit. Now you've got the Homeland Security Committee chairman in the House, a guy by the name of Congressman Benny Thompson saying that they could both be put on the no-fly list. Wow. You got Senator uh, Brown, I guess, is that Sherrod Brown? He's now saying Cruz and Hawley must be expelled from the Senate because they wanted an audit. Okay. And Lou is now saying, the same guy, yeah, the, the one that I'm talking about here, Fire Mueller, civil unrest will be the result. He's saying that, you know, members of Congress who incited insurrection. Now, remember, their definition is if if you went to the rally, you're guilty. Should be prosecuted. The vast majority were peaceful. Nobody, everybody that I know rightly condemned what happened. Condemned it in the strongest terms possible and did so immediately. I don't know anybody, any prominent conservative I know has done anything but condemn what took place. That can't happen in our nation's capital. I said it when Obama was president. We've got to protect our president, period, end of sentence. Said it many times. Got to protect elected officials. They're elected. If you don't like the congressman or senator, you got to vote them out. You have a Democratic Senator Hank Johnson claiming that I have no doubt Capitol rioters would have, quote, lynched black lawmakers if not stopped by the police. Wow. You got Democrats wanting to remove Giuliani from the Bar Association. That was in the Washington Examiner. You got now an examination. Democrats looking at the 14th Amendment to remove members of Congress that they disagree with. Um, you have Democrats moving Paul Sperry reporting to classify Trump rallies, a rally. We've all watched them, all seen them. Many of you have been to them as quote, domestic terrorist activity. Said Democrats in the house and Senate are planning to draft a, a legislation to classify a president's rally or Donald Trump rally, president Trump's rally. 
as a domestic terrorist activity and require that the FBI, DOJ, DHS take steps to prevent such domestic terrorism. Apparently Dick Durbin is leading the effort with Representative Schneider, whoever that is. Forbes has an op-ed warning companies about hiring people that worked in the Trump administration, referring to them as fabulous. Wow. Better not hire. Just the latest example of this cancel culture, this woke culture that we're living in. And, uh, and it's, it, you know, it's a dangerous cancel culture. I'm just I'm just giving you Mike Pompeo actually blasted yesterday with this wokeness in a speech that he gave. And he defended recent changes that government funded international broadcaster Voice of America, where a Trump backed overhaul was as drawn criticism. And, he, you know, he's addressed to the Voice of America staff broadcast live on the network. Some people didn't like it, but then he said the Voice of America lost its commitment to its founding mission under past administrations and shifted towards broadcasts that were too often demeaning America. Look at other, some of the other things. Amazon, we know what they did with Parler. They have a partner. I guess GoDaddy's a partner. They're, if you're pro-Second Amendment, you're getting kicked off the server. Um, then, of course, the president banned on Twitter, Facebook. By the way, I, all I see coming out of this is alternatives. I don't, I know nothing about technology. Linda is like, you know, rolls her eyes. She doesn't, she doesn't understand. I don't understand Bitcoin. I was doing this whole thing the other day about Bitcoin. It's an algorithm. What's that? Or an algorithm. Okay. It's a mathematical equation. Okay. There's only a finite number of Bitcoins. Okay. And then so it's cryptocurrency. Okay, I understand that part. And I said, well, how come there's only so much because of the algorithm? I said, explain that. And it's like, who's on first? Facebook is now removing any content of people that, that say certain words, any that related to the election. Wow. It was a great piece by Congress. I think it was, no, it was Breaking Bad actor Brian Cranston. I have no idea who it is. I've watched it a little bit, didn't like it. A lot of these series get too dark when you're watching, you know, you're binge watching shows. I'm sick of watching all that. Um, anyway, so, uh, you know, Parler, all these other sites are going to have to now find alternatives. Twitter now just, it just, it, they're suspending people left and right if you don't agree to think this this woke way have when one big talk radio owner is now i used to be partners with him years ago is now threatening to fire hosts who dispute election results why can't we have freedom of speech and allow other people on megan mccain wants jared and ivanka punished for the capitol riot i don't think they approved of any of this Comrade de Blasio, if you even participated, well, he said, and I, I read the headline wrong, so I'll fix that. The D.C. Attorney General looking at charging the president. You know, I, I'm just trying to make you aware of, you know, how, how, number one, how dangerous the double standard is. And number two, you know, I've never, you know, you think back in all our coverage of the deep state, 
and anybody that listens to this program or watches the TV show, why did I bend over backwards to say the 99% of good agents, the 99% of, of good intelligence people that risk their lives for us? Because I don't like to sweep, I don't like, you know, broad sweeping generalizations. It's not fair to good people. It's not fair for the people that this summer were rightly outraged over what happened to George Floyd that, wa that wanted to peacefully protest to make sure this doesn't happen again. There's a lot of people that went to the rally on January 6th would never be a part of what, what happened by some after and have condemned it in the strongest terms. But now it's, it's, it's the overreach. And then, of course, the glaring double standards. I'm going to go and take Trump out tonight. And they should not, and we should not. They're not going to stop. Just talking about what was going on in the summer. I'm like, wow. Anyone ever care to look at the text or hear the president said, I, I know everyone here will soon be marching to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? So now we've got, well, if you support an audit, we'll put you on the no-fly list. Well, by the way, I'm going to go and take Trump out tonight. No indignation, no outrage. They shouldn't stop what they're doing, and, they and, and we shouldn't stop. Kamala Harris. Harvard booted uh, Elise Stefanik for her views, her belief in in the, the need for an audit. Wow, I guess I guess is everyone understanding how chilling this all is. It's pretty chilling. Oh, we didn't like your point of view. You need to be expelled or prosecuted. Um. None of these things, by the way, are going to happen, is my prediction. Oh, we're going to disbar this one and, and that one and so on and so forth. Um, but it is what it is. It is the environment that has, you know, and the, the great irony is the Democrats' three-year Russia lie, conspiracy, hoax, witch hunt. Everyone's talking about taking responsibility. I actually am in the process of organizing all of the comments of every Democrat, everybody in the media mob about the lies they dragged this country to through for three years. I'm just going to have it probably play it at the right time. Just to remind you, not for any other reason. If I lied for three years, you know, any, any of these things, be it, Maxine Waters, if I ever said Kamala Harris, if any conservative ever said this, not going to stop, shouldn't stop. Okay. Joe, what if a conservative said, yeah, I wish I in high school, take him right in the back of the gym, going to punch him in the face. I think an awful lot about blowing up the White House. When's the last time an actor assassinated a president? Do you see any outrage from the left? I got to give credit where it's where it's due. West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin said impeachment is, uh, yeah, ill-advised. I think this is so ill-advised for Biden coming in, trying to heal the country, trying to be president of all the people. I don't know. I have a hard time 
believing it. They're going to put you all back in chains. More recent comments, you know, comparing uh, Republicans to, I guess, Goebbels, a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like talk to me. Sounds like a lot of talk. Anyway, he said, be ill-advised for Biden to do it. And um, then you have Manchin, by the way, also reiterating something he said before, which is he would object, you know, senators, no, senators who have their objections as it relates to the Electoral College should not be expelled. We told you about the incidences in 69, 2000, I think 2004, 2016, Democrats did the exact same thing. But why do facts get in the way? I will not support ending the filibuster. I will not support packing the court. Good for Joe Manchin. We'll see what happens. Even Tom Daschle, former Senate Democratic leader, warning Democrats against impeachment, said it's a bad idea. It's it's a huge mistake. It's just going to galvanize Trump supporters and delay any work on any crucial issues in an impeachment mechanism is just not the right course at all if they want to hold the president accountable. He went on to say. Then, of course, there's Jonathan Turley. I told you about Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> you know, Alan Dershowitz couldn't be any more clear. It'd be extraordinarily dangerous to the Constitution. He said even if Trump was impeached for a second time, the Senate are not going to be able to hear a trial because Trump would be out of office by the time that would have happened. And it would never go to trial. All they can do is impeach the president in the House. Okay, let him let him let him go ahead. It won't matter. For that, you just need a majority vote. You don't need to take evidence. There are no lawyers involved. Case can't come to trial in the Senate because the Senate has rules and the rules would not allow the case to come to trial. And by the way, then he added that the Constitution specifically says for those that says, well, just do it in 100 days when he's out of office. He said, no, that's not going to work either. Because the Constitution specifically states the president shall be removed from office upon impeachment, meaning conviction in the Senate. And he said, because it does not say former president, any jurisdiction the Senate has would be limited only to a sitting president. Or other office where they allow it. Um, so that gets pretty interesting, too. Let me play Jonathan Turley's take on this. Pretty interesting. Listen. First of all, the very concept of a snap impeachment runs against the grain of the Constitution. This was supposed to be a deliberative, not an impulsive process. You're creating a pathway for this type of impulse by impeachment. And that's what we're talking about here. There's a desire not to have that inquiry or that hearing to look at the implications of what they're going to do. But it's a type of vicarious impeachment in the sense that he doesn't call for violence in the speech. He, in fact, tells his followers to be peaceful. He says the reason they should go to the Capitol is to support members who are challenging the election and to encourage other members to join them. So the speech itself would not meet any definition as a criminal matter of incitement. Oh, and then he went on to pretty much explain the same thing on the 25th Amendment. And, you know, again, not a guy that really loves Donald Trump and in real time on on January 6th was extremely critical of of the speech that was taking place in Washington. Um, We have we have we're getting some outline of what a Biden agenda is going to be. And Politico charted his course with the Democratic Congress. 
It looks like immigration overhaul is going to be ahead of the minimum wage. Um, Biden said that he hopes the the Congress will raise the odds of prompt action, increasing minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. But then he said he would want to introduce an immigration bill immediately. Um, what that exactly is going to look like, I don't know. You have so many Americans that want jobs now. If you open up America's borders, there'll be more competition for jobs. And then, of course, then there's amnesty. Then there's the cost of health care and the educational system. It's 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 you can't calculate the, the impact on the economy. Um, so we'll watch the, what what that's all about. You know, there's always been Democrats have always thought, well, if, if immigrants, you know, if you give people free health care legalization maybe they'll vote for you for the rest of their lives because you gave them what they wanted okay so they're looking for votes generationally there's been also business people that want cheap labor anyway tech leaders are saying the immigration crackdown is bad for business the president's um a migrant caravan is mobilizing on facebook readying readying a trip from Honduras to the U.S. border. wonder what Biden would do. And the president, by the way, is down visiting the border today. Biden uh, also, now this is, gets very, very interesting here because the Bernie Sanders apparently has the key legislative role in the new Congress. He's going to be the top guy. Remember, the, the Biden-Bernie manifesto. And... Now, apparently, he will wield the influence of some of the biggest priorities in under, you know, in the U.S. Senate. And it's his panel that sets the terms for budget budget reconciliation. <laughs> now we have an avowed socialist, radical leftist that honeymoons in, in Moscow, uh, setting the agenda for the country. OK, improving tax and spending bills with a simple majority to sidestep the 60 vote threshold. Democrats could be relying on reconciliation to advance their parts of the legislative agenda, likely to draw full GOP opposition as budget chair. Sanders will have the opportunity to shape each reconciliation and a role that progressives, leftists, socialists are relishing. And uh, anyway, you have Adam Green, co-founder of the Progressive Change Campaign Committee, whatever that is. And it means that there'll be at least one advocate in the room for a uh, maximalist equation. They're spending, by the way, they, they're advocating for a combined $5 trillion worth of spending. $5 trillion. That's a down payment. That's just the beginning. Okay, how do we ever dig ourselves out of that mess if, in fact, they implement that? Uh, that's not going to be great. Anyway, so they moved to immigration. Uh, and, you know, Manchin says, I don't think they'll throw me out of the party. I'm like, good grief. Is that because he doesn't agree with people? We're going to throw him out of the party? How do you do America United as a inauguration theme when you just recently compared Ted Cruz to Joseph Goebbels and we'll put you all back in chains. How do you do that? Anyway, um, what else do we have? Well, it's pretty much, that's a good beginning, right? 
Good luck. <laughs> These are not policies that I, I see ever under any circumstances working. I just don't. Um, so we'll see, you know, which way this, this all goes down. And it's, you know, there's going to be a need for Americans to engage and pay attention to all that, all that is being planned here. Um, I want to go to an issue involving COVID for a second because, you know, it's almost too good to be true. It sounds like Donald Trump, but it's actually Andrew Cuomo. If we don't reopen now, we'll have nothing left to reopen. The only problem is that time has come and gone already. It's already gone. Anyway, um... Let's see. And a note found in a. I have no idea what this person's talking about. Anyway, we can't simply stay closed until the vaccine hits critical mass. The cost is too high. We'll have nothing left to open, he tweeted on Monday. And then he. Well, they've been on lockdown now. They don't even allow any. In New York City, there's no dining at all inside. That means these restaurants are done. They can't survive. And it's just only going to get worse because this is what they've now, you know, put into place. The thing that is the saddest with Operation Warp Speed, the vaccine, they're actually throwing some of them out because the expiration date comes and it goes. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, how is it? How about you just go into a neighborhood and immediately say, uh, excuse me, hello? Whatever. You know, does anybody want the vaccine? Go to a school. Go to a nursing home. Be proactive. You know, there's only, I mean, do they expect Donald Trump to create the vaccine and go into every nursing home, every healthcare facility and give people the vaccine? Go into a neighborhood, put up a sign, vaccines free today. If you have ones that are going to run, you know, if their expiration date is coming due, it's insane. New York, by the way, needs money so bad, they're now going to get into the marijuana and cannabis issue. Shocker. One of the funnier things is uh, New York City mayoral ho- hopeful Andrew Yang. Yeah, he talked about, oh, can you imagine being in a two-bedroom apartment with kids that are being homeschooled? Tuh, who needs that? <laughs> he wants to be New York City mayor. I've been outside in New York City during all of COVID. I got the hell out of there. All right, that's great for New York. California is still struggling. They can't seem to get this thing under control. The push to get uh, of uh, against Gavin Newsom continues as well. Pretty interesting to wa- watch. Some are even saying his political career is in jeopardy. They have a million signatures for a recall effort as it relates to him. Um, so there's a lot happening there. And, you know, the the answer is there. They're producing more vaccines than we apparently have the ability to get into people's arms. And I'm having a hard time understanding once the states have it, how they're so ill-prepared. Well, Donald Trump, Donald Trump's job was to, was to get the vaccine to other people. A friend of mine's calling. I'll call him right back. And, you know, it's to get them to other people. Once you get a hold of it, you got to have a plan. And if you don't have one, you got to get one immediately. 
All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, well, our friends over at Project Veritas and James O'Keefe, well, they have done more great work. And it's very interesting when people get exposed, isn't it? And you get to really understand the left. And now before we get started on this, um, the guy that uh, we're going to play on tape with undercover Project Veritas whistleblowers um, happens to be, I guess, the his name is Michael Beller, PBS principal counsel. And um, lays out a pretty radical agenda, you know, claiming we, the American people, are blanking dumb. Talks about going to the White House and throw Molotov cocktails, putting children in re-education camps, uh, making them watch PBS all day. Uh, COVID spiking in red states and and voters are sick and, and dying. I mean... You know, it goes into great specificity and detail. And he says, if Biden doesn't win, I will throw Molotov cocktails at the White House. He says it's good that the covid numbers are going up in red states. Trump voters may get sick and they may die. Um, James O'Keefe also pointing out uh, this guy's this PBS counsel saying Americans are stupid. Can't imagine living outside of D.C. with with stupid people. I guess we love Olive Garden. We have uh, Anderson Vanderbilt Cooper. Apparently he's uncomfortable with his last name. You know, his comments, unbelievable. You know, smelly Walmart shoppers, Peter Strzok. Irredeemable deplorables. We're bitter people that cling to God. Our Second Amendment rights, our Bibles, our religion. Um, I love Olive Garden and I love Walmart. Sorry, you get everything you want cheap. What's what's wrong with saving money? It says Americans are stupid, can't imagine living outside of D.C. Wow. And he says PBS is real news. CNN, Fox News suck. Ignore fake Fox News. Let's play it all for you. And we'll put them into the education Amen. Right. They're nice. They have Sesame Street characters in the classroom. And they watch PBS all day. What are you going to do if you don't like me? It doesn't matter. What's great is that COVID is spiking all the red states right now. So that's great. Why do you think so? Because either those people that are coming out to vote, the Trump, vote for red states, or the modern sick and dying. I'm going to go home and watch it. It's good to live in a place where people are, you know, educated and know stuff. But can you imagine if you lived in one of these other towns or states where everybody's just uh, stupid? PBS has like real news. CNN doesn't have real news anymore. It's just a copy of talking about Trump all day long. I can't stand it. I mean, every once in a while I look at Fox News and it makes me want to throw up after five minutes. It's all this Joe Biden and all that Joe Biden nonstandard. It's all made up. It's all ridiculous. And they are pushing it so hard 
It's unbelievable. So you guys just ignore it? Yeah. PBS has responded, I guess, Visa Twitter. This employee no longer works for PBS as a mid-level staff attorney. Let's minimize him as much as we can, throw him overboard. He did not speak on behalf of our organization, nor did he make any editorial decisions. Project Veritas founder and CEO, uh, James O'Keefe, is back with us. How are you, sir? Hey, Sean. Great to be with you. Um, it, it, by the way, I get, my first question is, is there more coming? Because <laughs> I don't know if it can get worse than what we just heard. Yeah, Sean. Well, I did speak with, this is the principal counsel for PBS on the street last night. I spoke with him, and we are releasing that video uh, in, in a bit. But as you can see, this guy, they're kind of minimizing his position. He's the principal counsel for PBS. That's not a, quote, mid-level staff attorney. And, Sean, the CEO of PBS should be thanking us because, but not for what we did, nobody would know that they were trying, that this guy was talking about throwing Molotov cocktails at the White House. This is the rhetoric, the violent rhetoric that the, that the media has been talking about, and they're evidently doing it, saying it. So uh, we're, we're glad that uh, they're, they're, they're doing something, but I don't know why they're attacking me. They should be thanking us for exposing this. We go for all the Republican voters and Homeland Security will take their children away and we'll put them in re-education camps, enlightenment camps. They're nice. They'll have Sesame Street characters in the classroom and, and they'll watch PBS all day. Wow. Yeah, Beller also says that the Americans outside of D.C. are uh, dumb. Now, people are dumb. No, you got it wrong. No, are... he said they're effing dumb. They're effing dumb. I didn't want to say that on the radio, but uh, yeah, he said that. And the interesting thing is that this man, this enlightened attorney for PBS, Corporation Public Broadcasting, thinks it's sm smart and intelligent and enlightened thinking to think we should take children away from their parents. The DHS should do that. This is a, the lead attorney for PBS, the television station, that we should put these kids in front of PBS so that we can unindoctrinate them and take away uh, their philosophy their parents have given them, Sean. This is what this man is saying, and I don't think that they're upset uh, at the man for saying it. I think they're upset at me for exposing it on the week of the Capitol insurrection, and it, you know they, they've had to fire him for, for saying things just as, as violent as, as, as we've been talking about this week. So it's it's really insane what they're doing, but I'm sure, Sean, there's many other people like him, and that's why our mission is so important, to expose this. And think about how revealing this is, and I've said many, many times on this program, James, that it's not just Donald Trump that the left hates and the media hates and Democrats hate. It's we the people that they hate. And, you know, that that's why these comments are so revealing about, oh, going to an olive garden and staying in a... Uh, uh, you know, a Marriott uh, Garden Hotel. It's stunning. And they're going to go back, you know, to the Olive Garden and to their the Holiday Inn that they're staying at in the Garden Marriott. And they're going to have some drinks and they're going to talk about the great day that they had in Washington. And they really did something and stand up for something. And they stood up for nothing other than mayhem. It's actually the Hilton Garden and the Marriott Courtyard. And uh, I happen to like a lot Olive Garden. Um, I've stayed in a lot of them as I've traveled the country. And if I go to a town and they have a Waffle House or they have an Olive Garden or an Outback or a Cracker Barrel, I'm the happiest guy on earth. I'll starve myself all day for that one big meal that day. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's it's you, you think about this. Americans are effing dumb. Most people are dumb. It's good to live in a place like Washington, D.C., where people are educated and know stuff. Could you imagine if you lived in one of these other towns or cities where everybody's just stupid? Well, I guess that's because, irre- irredeemable, deplorable, and smelly warm watch sharpers, right? He goes beyond that, Sean. He says it's great is that COVID is spiking in all the red states. He says what's great is it's spiking in the red states, so that's great. Quote, a lot of these red state voters are sick and dying. This is from the PBS lawyer, the nonprofit media organization receiving millions of dollars of your taxpayer Dollars. This is what these people actually think and believe. And I believe, Sean, that the only way to change things now is to expose them. That's, they actually fear exposure. They fear nothing else. And it's evident that they fear it, Sean, because PBS has fired this man a few hours ago. And this is the, the, the quickest I've ever seen them fire someone uh, when you expose By the way, they, they, they fired him after you presented them with these tapes. Yeah, they would never have believed it unless I caught it on tape. They would never have taken my word for it. So we released the tape uh, of a number of encounters with this man. And uh, and now, you know, as I've always said to you, Sean, these whistleblowers are coming to me, insiders, inside the government, inside the media. There's no place else for them to go. It's Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com, Project Veritas. We have to expose them. We have to hold them accountable, hold their feet to the fire. Sunlight is the best disinfectant now more than ever. We have to expose these people. And this guy, top lawyer, I mean, saying that it's, he's smarter and more enlightened than anybody else. It's not smart to take children away from their parents. This is what these people, it's twisted. It's almost mentally ill when you listen to them talk. I mean, I, I, I just cannot believe it. It's great the COVID spiking in red states. That's great because a, a lot of red state voters will be, get sick and die. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. How much does PBS? I, mean, I, I used to know off the top of my head. Do you do you recall what they get in taxpayer dollars every year? The, corp, the corporation for public broadcasting get in the tens, hundreds of millions of dollars. We did a story, you know, eleven, nine years ago in the National Public Radio, where the vice president of NPR was caught on tape praising the Muslim Brotherhood. It's 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 a caricature of what you would think a media executive or an attorney for a media company would say and do. It's, it's, it's like if you're, you're casting an, an actor to play the role, this Michael Beller and what he's saying. But, Sean, I, I, I think that you're getting a glimpse into the heart and soul of these people, and I think that people are very hopeless right now. They're, they, they have nothing to believe in, and they're, they're, they're afraid, and rightfully so. But I think that if you were to create an army, if you were to create an army of exposers, and you were to have 100, 200 people like this exposed, think of the difference that that would make on society and, and the transparency revolution that would create. So that's, what, that's our vision at Project Veritas, is to expose 250 people like this, and, and because that's the only way that we're going to have the pendulum swing back to some sense of normalcy in this country after all that has occurred. Now, do we know, so immediately upon, you, you may, when did you first make PBS aware that these tapes were in existence? And you know for sure he was only fired today? Uh, we reached out to them for comment um, uh, this morning, and we published the tapes at 11 a.m. I'm sorry, last night we reached out to them for comment without showing them the tape. We quoted the tape, and then we, we launched the tape at 11 a.m. The CEO of PBS uh, issued a statement. The CEO of PBS issued a statement uh, 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 saying it does not represent their philosophy 
and uh, uh, said that uh, a far-right activist group known for deceptive videos is what the Paula Kerger, PBS CEO, said, but said the individual's personal interaction with an undercover member of Veritas was released today and that they have, quote, no place for hateful rhetoric, and we condemn violence. This is what they're saying. We have condemned violence for 50 years. We use our national platform and local presence to strengthen communities. So they, re- they released a statement today, uh, Sean, I would say around, um, I would say within an hour or two of our video launching. All right, we're going to have the tape so people can actually see it with their own eyes tonight on Hannity. Uh, great work. James O'Keefe, CEO, founder, Project uh, Veritas, uh, and can't wait for part two tomorrow. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Sean. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941. Sean Quinn is in Florida. Quinn, how are you? Glad you called. I'm doing well, Sean. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Oh, you there? Oh, yes, I'm here. For a minute. Um, just wanted, wanted to give you my thoughts. Um, you know, I think as Republicans and conservatives, we've been a little too focused on the national level for too long. And we need to really kind of start back ground zero, like, you know, taking over local communities and, Department of Education, supervisors of elections, and stuff like that. Because when I look around, you see too many Democrats in this position. And I think communities are probably going to be more likely to vote towards the, you know, leaning party versus, you know, I, I don't know. So I just hear my thoughts on that and just see what Well, I think the Republican Party, you know, I look at the Democratic Party now, the party of elitism and coastal elites. And... You know, I think there's been a a dramatic shift in in the way in in the approach of the two parties. In other words, they're very they cater to New York, L.A., San Francisco, D.C. And if the Republican Party ever wants to be successful, they've got to fight for working men and women for freedom. You know, the conservative agenda is not complicated: lower taxes, less bureaucracy, secure borders, uh, energy independence. Uh, free and fair trade deals, peace through strength, uh, judicial, no judicial activism. It's not, it's not all that complicated. And, you know, how's government working for you so far? Uh, if you live in a big city, how's law and order? How's safety and security? Right. Uh, how's your educational system? School choice, another big issue Republicans need to champion. And I think there are great distinctions. And, and, but they've got a fake, you know, they do have a fight because there is this emotional appeal that, you know, you'll have everything taken care of you from the minute you're born to the minute you die. True. But I just think as Republicans and conservatives, we need to focus our efforts on the local communities, including like city council. Um, there's just that's too important. many Democrats yeah. in those positions. Yeah. I think all of that's important. Look, anyway. and we still have a majority state legislature, which means that, you know, like Florida can, you know, make institutional changes for the better. You know, we always want a more perfect union. Those aren't just words. Uh, and, you know, Florida had huge problems, elections, 2000, 2016. And look what Ron DeSantis did. Did a great job um, of all the governors in the country. And he got criticized at different points. But I think he did a very good job threading the needle as best as possible, maintaining maximum freedom for people um, and still trying to keep people safe from COVID. It's hard. Quick break. Right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. One of the things that's been really most amazing to me, 
And and a friend of mine pointed this out to me that the passion in many of you that have been calling in and we've been putting on the air, the the level of the urgency, the degree of concern, as one of my best friends said, it's unlike any other time I've ever listened to your show. We've had people break down on these calls on us now because they're so upset at what they see happening to their country and the and and things as they are now i mean you just go through the list well we didn't like your opinion you can't fly on a commercial airline you've got to be expelled for the senate because of your position on on a, an election audit really you know it's we, we you need to be prosecuted really you know it's this this has gone insane and um, efforts to just, if you disagree, and now if you worked in the Trump White House in any capacity, they're going to be checking the companies that hire you. Wow. Par- you know, parlor shut down. Just voices silenced. One thought, one view. It doesn't surprise me, I, but apparently, and you know, the book 1984, as uh, this Orwellian nightmare, it's now at the top of Amazon's bestseller list. Can you believe it? When did that book come out? I don't know the actual year, but it's chilling. Chilling. These are chilling times. I think it might have been 1984 when it actually came out, too. I don't know. I don't remember. Let's get to our phones here. Um, the only thing I can say is that I, I would just appeal to everybody, like, I know some some people have been talking about, you know, planning this or planning that. I, I think if everybody needs to take a collective deep breath, this country's been through hard times. We've had our differences as a country. We always seem to find a way back and a path back. You know, one glorious nation under God. We got to remember that during all of this. And um, and the world needs a strong America. We just do. I hate I I shudder to think what it would be like without us leading. Brad in Pennsylvania. Hey, Brad, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you for what you do. Thank you. Um, I would like to say first of all, you know, I fear for the president's family. They've already said that they want to go after him, Don Jr. and Rudy Giuliani. And I honestly believe they're going to come up with some kind of bogus charges on Eric, too, because they're not going to want any Trumps anywhere near Washington, D.C. in 2024. You know, it's the only I got to give credit where credit is due. Joe Manchin, West Virginia, um, he says, no, those that wanted an audit or objected to the Electoral College that had a different point of view, no, they should not be expelled he also said that he's not going to support ending the filibuster or packing the court. I mean, which is, you know, a credit to him. I'm sure he'll probably be pounded by some in the media and the mob and and by left wing activists. But, you know, there are things that that you would think fundamentally we all agree on. As far as the way yeah. the Trump family has been treated over the last four years i mean i i think by me playing and reminding people all that was said and even the calls for violence repeatedly 
nobody really seems to be phased by all of that. I guess it's it's just a matter of who's saying what when. And then that's a yeah. Norwellian nightmare. Oh, okay, I think an awful lot about blowing up the White House. When's the last time an actor ever assassinated a president? Or, or I mean, there's a lot of crazy people out there. I have two more quick points, if I could. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, in my opinion, if we don't cut the head off of this snake right now, while we have the White House and the Senate, I don't think there will be an election in 24 because... You know, if President Biden or Harris is not going to say, well, we had issues in 20, uh, there, there seemed to have been some irregularities, so let's do away with the Dominion machines. They'll be everywhere. Listen, I mean, this is going to be up to state legislatures and, and what they do. Now, every question has been raised. Every issue has, has been discussed and debated. They now have a job, and their job is to ensure that you know, for example, we had problems in Florida in 2000, problems in Florida 2016. Governor DeSantis resolved them all. And and Florida had the smoothest election, almost, you know, one of the like most states, actually, most states were fine. And and they did it because they worked on it. There's a way to do these things and do it with with integrity that people have faith, hope, confidence in at the end of the day. And we need to do that around the country. Uh, anyway, Brad, thank you. Uh, Tim is in North Carolina. Hey, Tim, how are you? Hey, Mr. Sean. Hey, um, so contrary to popular belief, I think there's actually good news and reason to be excited for the future. <laughs> Before you assume I'm like one of those crazy liberals, let me let me explain why. So I'm, uh, I'm in my 20s. I actually achieved more success in business and personal finance compared to last year, this year. Why? Okay, why in the midst of this turmoil? It's because hope. Okay, and I know that sounds corny, but the left's beliefs, philosophies, and arguments are so bad, so self-evidently absurd and self-contradictory that even when they hijack our legal institutions, academic institutions, media, culture, of course they claim to distrust these, right? They still lose half the country. Look at their actions with parlor, for example. Isn't parlor a French word? Doesn't it mean to speak? They're literally banning the word and speech. That's crazy to me. Only Linda would know the answer to that question. Is that true, Linda? To parlay is to have a conversation. That's correct. Told you. She knows this stuff. I I studied French for four years. I I studied (laughs) mi mi estudio español tres años. Porquito español, mi hable. That's it. That's not bad. I actually, you know, well, long story. Anyway, listen, yeah, it is about speech. Freedom of speech, you know what, can be painful. And let me th- and then let me be very clear about this. You know, I I have chosen this life that I live in a public eye. Um, nobody would believe me if I said, and there's no point complaining about it because I have nothing to complain about, honestly. But it is when when you have a public job, you accept, and especially if you give strong opinions, that people are going to have strong opinions about you. I have been lied about. I have been slandered. I have been smeared. My character besmirched, false things said, narratives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, I made that choice in my life that I, I knew that that went with the territory, and I accept it. And I've spread horrible things about me. But for good, honest people that have no interest in being the public eye for, frankly, all the right reasons. Trust me, anonymity is something that you can't even put a price on. And 
for groups of people to be slandered and smeared or to give people a forum to say things that you don't even agree with or like is not unhealthy. And if I go on social media, just like the old message board days, and I see horrible things written about me, lies about me, funny memes about me, whatever it happens to be, okay, this is my chosen career. And that's why you have, you know, Times v. Sullivan, and it's, the standard is so high in terms of if you're a public figure to prove you have to have malice to prove malice is nearly an impossible standard. And, and people pretty much can say any lie they want about me, and there's not a hell, whole hell of a lot I can do. Um, but average, but if you're Nicholas Sandman and you're not a public figure and they say lies about you, oh, you're going to win that lawsuit. You're just going to, but conservatives, I can tell you who 99% of conservatives I know are salt of the earth. They're the people that make America great. They are people that get up every day, shovel coffee down their throat, feed their kids, make their lunch, send them off to school, work their 12, 14 hours a day, have dinner prepare it or order in some pizza, whatever they're going to eat that night, you know, help the kids study and whatever, maybe watch a half a TV show and go to bed and get up in the next day and do it again. And they obey the laws. They pay the taxes, good, honorable people. And they are what makes this country so great. Anyway, I'll give you the last word here. <laughs> okay. Great. I, I appreciate that. Hey, so you just described uh, a very interesting point. Conservatives are actually living their life. They don't have time to, uh, to, I don't know, hire people that aren't, right, that worship politics and require getting gratification by destroying other people's lives. And it, it, the fact that they even go to destroy other people's lives, the need to do that, the need to silence, the need to do things like shut down competition, right, that confesses how weak you are. If, you're, if you Listen, if, you, if your argument is so good, if the left is so correct, so moral, then why do they need to, to set up an army of things to destroy any opposition. People that have a good product and have a good idea, they don't fear competition. They encourage it and want it. Why? Because they're they're freaking they're good. They're not full of crap like these guys, right? They're failures. These guys are, are, are frauds in my view, and that they're confessing it whenever they require competition. And 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 Sean, if I may, with, with Section 230, uh, I'll leave on this this comment. I think it, we're in a catch-22 because if we remove it, you know, it's going to create a prohibitive cost for competition because there's going to be a lot more legality and a lot more uh, things to make sure that are balanced or or compensated for and research done, which means more fees prior to creating a new platform. And the left already has a lot of the tech ins. So um, I think that's going to harm us if we, if we remove it. At the same time that I understand liability, of course, is something that's important. Um, so when it comes to the market share, I mean, do we even have the capacity to calculate the market share for us? Uh, people are for, smarter uh, than we think here. People will get to decide. But if they're, gonna, if they're not going to be a pure content provider, getting rid of the obvious racism, uh, physical threats, whatever, um, if you're going to be a content provider, then you got to accept that they may even criticize your company on your site, you know, and uh, and that's part of it. But you raise a lot of good points. But if you if you're going to be editing, then you you don't get the protections that are only given to social media platforms that is worth billions to them. Billions given by government. And as we continue back to our busy phones, we say hi to Ken in Florida. Ken, how are you? Glad you called, sir. Hello, Sean. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Um, What's going on? Well, uh, I'm I'm a Democrat, and um, I've been following uh, the election process, the things that have happened um, for quite some time now. And um, I understand that 
Republicans have an argument about the fact that they think that this was a rigged election, that for some reason it was unlawful and uh, wrong. Um, my my point is that um, if if Republicans think that the way the states ran their or the way the states run their election is wrong, then, you know, they, they have their time to change it. You change it either before the election or after the election. Trying to change the way the states run their elections during the election is wrong. You can't do it then. You can't change it during. You have your time to change it before the election. When you know that there may be a problem coming, you change the law. Afterwards, once, once the elections happen and, you know, you think that something happened, okay, you change the way it's run afterwards. But during the election, no, you can't change it then. They had all this opportunity to, um, to bring their argument to court 50, 60 times. You're talking argument, about Republicans, correct? I'm talking about Republicans, the people who say I understand that this now. I, OK, the only thing I have. So what you're really saying, and maybe you're right on some issues involving law or constitutional issues. I think that I think you might might be onto something. Some of the courts cited that. Um, but on the other hand, in other cases, you're just a, you, that would be a presumption that that things would go wrong uh, before it even went wrong. And I think it's hard to anticipate such a thing, isn't it? Well, well, if you if you have well, then how did the president know that he was going to be unjustly, um, you know, uh, uh, represented in, in this vote? Well, the because president. If you go back, remember, a lot of this was a result of you know people never wanted to listen to. The great Dr. Fauci, liberals love and quote him so often, but they didn't want to hear what he had to say on one issue. And that was, uh, and, and it was very simple. And that is, yes, people can safely vote in person and they can do it with social distancing and masks. And it was the president responding to, you know, the, the millions of, of mail-in ballots without the checks and balances that would otherwise exist for in-person voting. And that was where the prediction, I assume, came from. And and even the New York Times had warned at length that that's, and, and others on the left, that that could be, you know, that, that was the most dangerous or the most, had the most potential to be wrought with fraud. And I was, I just think he was echoing what the New York Times said at the time. That was my interpretation. But uh, anyway, I appreciate the call. Quick break, right back, we'll continue. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. A lot of talk about wokeness and what can be said and what cannot be said. And it is now at a level I never imagined in my life. Uh, You have the CEO of Parler, John Matt, saying that these big tech companies dumped Parler on the same day without any warning. He's got his lawsuit moving forward. He also says people are threatening his life. He can't go home tonight. And Pauler says that he's, again, hoping to get back up soon. It seems like that effort is moving along successfully from my sources. Here's what he said yesterday. Uh, you, you just never think it'll happen, though, right? You, you know, and uh, what's really interesting is uh, that they all did it on the same day, those three, without any prior warning. We woke up on Friday thinking, 
business, well, not never business as usual parlor, but at least as close to usual as possible. We were number one on the app store. We, we you know, we had 7 million, almost 7 million unique people on the app that day. Um, and we get a notice, you know, you're in violation of our terms, one after another. But we found out first, in some cases, not from the companies, but from BuzzFeed. You know, we didn't get a notice from Google. We read it online in the news first. And uh, that is shocking. And then after they set that example, you know, we get an email after email. You know, it's almost like you, you were just waiting. Who's going to be next? Dumping us. Everybody. The last thing we have right now is email. And I bet you within 24 hours, our email will be shut off, too. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people say that this is scary, but I've also seen a lot of people who are participating in the five minutes of hate and kind of egging it on and cheering. And it's disgusting. People threatening my life. I can't go home tonight. So there's th this is really a lot. You know, this is not just, you know, our civil liberties. They can shut down a billion dollar company, half a billion to a yeah. billion dollar company. That's what we were getting valuations at overnight. Uh, we will be back up eventually because we're not going to give up. Uh, but it, it soon is difficult. You know, I thought immediately, oh, no problem. We'll call up a new vendor. Right. We call up the vendor. We're all good to go. And then right at the last second, sorry, somebody said something we can't host you by. And it's been that one after another ever since then. Right at the last minute, they just they just bail. So we're going to do it. We're going to be back online one day and hopefully soon and as soon as possible. But um, this is a real challenge. We have to build our own infrastructure, our own everything in order to yep. do it. All right. Pretty unbelievable times uh, that we're living in here. Um, you have a Forbes op-ed warning companies about hiring people that worked in the Trump White House. Fabulous from the Trump White House. Warning these companies not to hire them. Um, I, I mean, it's it's almost pretty, pretty remarkable to me. Uh, you've got congressmen like Ted Lieu, who himself as we pointed out yesterday, said some really outrageous things, not condemning violence in the summer. Uh, Republican members of Congress who incited insurrection should be prosecuted. Any names he wants to give? Um, and and it goes on from there. Um, you have one Democratic senator wanting Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley expelled from the Senate expelled now you may not agree you may not like what they said you might not like the timing you might you might have felt that they they shouldn't have done it they're calling for an election audit which by the way democrats have done as we've chronicled on this program before you know one thing mike pompeo said you know he's he's saying it's time to put wokeness to sleep and and what happened to liberals that i thought were champions of free speech um, if you're pro Second Amendment, Amazon uh, partner GoDaddy has kicked them off their servers. Uh, tr you know, Trump banned by Twitter. Facebook will now, you know, trigger their. You know, I think it's going to be end up being a downfall in terms of a financial model. They now say they're removing content on Facebook uh, for people that oppose the election in any way, pretty much. Um, there's an interesting piece, Brian uh, Cranston. Uh, I like this line, cancel culture kills forgiveness. He said the culture created a world of no mercy. The cancel culture, people erring, doing wrong, either on purpose, by accident, and there is less forgiveness in our world. By the way, how many times have I said, you know what, I think you should give people a second chance, right wrongs, correct injustices. I said it all the time for people that say stuff. Um, uh, anybody that that believes in anything that does not meet standards now on Twitter, Twitter, they are now in the, in the process of purging. 
anybody that has even points of view that are nutty. I, I, I think some things said about me are pretty nutty on, on social media, but I'd never think ever to say, well, they need to be canceled. And you've got the, you know, I, I don't know what to say. Anyway, Mike Huckabee's with us, former governor of Arkansas and author of a brand new book, The Three C's That Made America Great Christianity, Capitalism and the Constitution. Uh, I'm sure that I'm actually shocked that they actually followed up and continued your publishing, uh, Governor. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, I forgot too, one. Right? Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley may be put on a no-fly list. They can't fly to their uh, home know, states or Washington. This is stuff we can't even make up. I mean, people have lost their minds when a sitting U.S. senator is threatened with expulsion because he followed not only his convictions, but he did follow a constitutional process. Sean, I'm so tired of people saying that what Ted Cruz was attempting to do was to overthrow the election. He was not. What Ted Cruz proposed was a commission made up of five House members, five Senate members, and five members of the Supreme Court to audit the election results. wouldn't overturn anything. It would simply ask, were there irregularities that should be corrected? And I don't know why that would bother anybody, but it apparently bothered a lot of people to the point that they wanted to uh, get rid of uh, Ted Cruz completely. And I just find that outrageous. But we're living in la-la land right now. And that uh, it's becoming increasingly apparent every day that the left doesn't want to have uh, a, a contest. They don't want to see if we can get out there and battle it out. They just want to destroy the other side, annihilate them, and pretend they don't exist. That's pretty sad. You know, we've watched this now unfold for many, many years, and, and you've, you've been a part of this. I mean, you entered the radio world, the television world, and there's a full-on, well-funded, and when I mean well-funded, we're talking about, over the years, hundreds of millions of dollars to silence conservatives on, on radio and on Fox News and to shut people down, and they, they work through a bunch of other ways. There are people right now that tape every single word of every time I'm on the air in the hopes that somebody, a guest, myself, somebody says one thing, one word, one phrase that, that they think they can use that would be actionable to get my voice silenced. Um, I'm, I'm a mainstream conservative. Uh, Governor, you've known me. I've been on the air 33 years, and I, I, I am stunned now. It's it's taken on this alarming level, and, I, and I'm not sure when it ends and where it ends and how it ends, and it's just dangerous to me. Well, whatever happened to the people on the left who used to say, even in regards to things that were pornographic, hey, if you don't like it, just turn it off. Go to a different channel. That's not what these folks are saying anymore. They're not saying, find another channel, turn off the one that offends you. They're saying, get rid of all the channels, not because they are patently obscene or offensive to uh, any average person, but because we, the people of power, the big tech giants, don't like them. We don't agree with them. And we'd rather not be challenged in our own puny beliefs. Let's not forget, Sean, that what is at the heart of this is a combination of arrogance and insecurity. The arrogance of believing that their views are superior to everyone else's. And then it's the insecurity of knowing that their views really could not stand up to the scrutiny of someone challenging them. I mean, I always feel this way, and I know you do, because you deal with it every day. If somebody wants to come on and challenge you, bring it on. I'm fine with it. Let's hear your views. 
and and let's put it juxtaposed against mine and let's see how this turns out. That's how you've stayed in the business 33 years on radio and television. And it's how America is supposed to work. But when these people come out, it's no, we don't want any view but ours. That's arrogance. And we don't want to hear what you have to say because our views really aren't that strong. And if somebody were to challenge them, our house of cards falls apart. You know, you actually pointed something out and I never listen, I Colin Kaepernick. Um, I don't have any problem with anybody protesting in any way, shape, manner or form. I really don't. And if he wants to take a knee, that's his choice. If other teams want to do it, that's their choice. And people should have the right to disagree and say, you know, well, you know, look at what happened to poor Drew Brees when he said, well, my grandfather fought and, and nearly died under fighting for that under under that flag. And I don't agree with it. And, you know, then spent the next month apologizing for it. But you you've, I guess, found a tweet of Colin Kaepernick. And I guess this was made um, uh, when I guess some of the writing was going on this summer. If I can see the date here, I think it was in, in May of this past year. Um, um, and where he basically he says when civility leads to death and revolting is the only logical reaction and the cries for peace will rain down. And when they do, they will land on deaf ears because your violence has brought this resistance. We have the right to fight back. Rest in power, George Floyd. Now, first, every any human being with a heart and soul immediately agreed. This, this transcended politics, racial lines, and everything as it should. Because a human being, that never should happen to anybody, ever. And then you pointed out that, that that tweet remains. And Jack Dorsey, at Jack, gave $3 million dollars. Was it after yeah. that statement? You know, I believe Sean, it was in July. Yeah, there's so many inconsistencies here. And and one glaring one to me when I'm hearing people say we ought to impeach the president because of something he said. And thoughtful constitutional scholars who are not Trump supporters like Jonathan Turley and Alan Dershowitz, who I respect both so very much, because they're looking at this as objectively uh, as anybody can from a strictly legal perspective, not because they're Trumpers, because they're out there advocating for the president. Neither one of them voted for Donald Trump. But they both said there's nothing impeachable in what he said. He did not incite a riot. And I'm really disappointed in some of the people, many of whom I've seen on Fox that are contributors, and I, I like them and they're still friends, but you know, they've said, well, what the president said uh, was an incitement to a riot. And I'm thinking, no, it was not by any stretch of the, the actual words. And look at them. the script were. Yeah. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Catherine Herridge of CBS yeah. News reported that apparently the people that were responsible for some of this had already breached and were bringing things in. Um, but, you know, it doesn't justify anybody that didn't respect our laws no, and 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 did. And absolutely, they had no business invading the Capitol like that. Every single person I know condemns it. You condemn it. I, we did from the beginning. Absolutely. It also was a tiny percentage of all those people that showed up, just like most protesters yep. this summer were peaceful. But a few agitators caused a lot of problems for many months. Well, I, I was going to reference the fact that Kamala Harris back last summer didn't just say that what they were doing was okay when they were burning cities down, hitting cops in the head with bricks and uh, going through the whole summer of love, as uh, Mayor Jenny Durkin of Seattle put it. She raised money 
She raised money to get people out of jail who were there for rioting and looting so they could get right back on the streets and do some more of it. Now, if if anybody ought to be impeached for inciting something, let's be completely fair and let's go after Kamala Harris. Go ahead and impeach her before she even gets sworn in. I don't hear anybody on the left say that. Frankly, I don't even hear anybody on the right say that. I use it only as an illustrative moment to try to uh, just explain how totally hypocritical the folks on the left have been about what constitutes an incitement to a riot. I don't think well, let me Kamala let me Harris take a break. And when we come that? back, I'll, how about I play it for everybody to know exactly what you're talking about? The Kamala Harris said we've been we we played it yesterday. We'll play it again today. But they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. And that's they're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. And and everyone beware. Because they're not going to stop. It is going to. They're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. And that should be. Everyone should take note of that on both levels. That this isn't. They're not going to let up, and they should not. And we should not. They should not, and we should not. Okay, they're not going to stop. That's Kamala Harris saying that to the country, and this was, you know, as a lot of these events were unfolding this summer. Wow. Pretty. Anyone going to criticize that, uh, uh, Governor? Because I haven't heard anybody. No, they're not going to criticize that. It's okay. I mean, think about how many of the Democrats, for example, Nancy Pelosi, when she said people are going to do what they're going to do. Jerry Nadler saying all this talk about the riots, it's a myth, a myth. Even his cities were burning as he spoke. You have these anchors on uh, BSNBC and uh, the Catfish News Network over at CNN, uh, the bottom feeders. Uh, that's why I call them the Catfish News Network. And, <laughs> and there they are standing in front of fires raging. And they say, yeah, mostly peaceful protest here behind me. Well, except for that guy's business is getting looted right now. And that cop car that's being set on fire by this mob. We all condemn that. We waited for the Democrats to condemn it. And they didn't. We waited for the media to just reported accurately and they didn't know the moment this stuff happened at the capitol every conservative voice everybody we can't have that in our country and we need and we and we need we need to protect every elected official everyone i don't care about your politics at all governor great new book by the way the three c's that made america great christianity capitalism and the constitution governor i don't think anyone could shut us up even if they tried um, anyway, we appreciate you being with us. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. Uh, we'll talk about Section 230. What will Congress, what can they do about it next? All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. Let's take a, a, a moment to go back in time. And this is at Jack, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, saying that they removed over 300,000 election-related tweets between October 27th and November the 11th. That's before and after the election. And then admitting it was a mistake to censor the New York Post story on Hunter Biden. We updated our civic integrity policy to address misleading or disputed information that undermines confidence in the election, causes voter intimidation or suppression or confusion about how to vote, or misrepresents affiliation or election outcomes. More than a year ago, the public asked us to offer additional context to help make potentially misleading information more apparent. We did exactly that, applying labels to over 300,000 tweets from October 27th to November 11th, which represented about 2.2% of all U.S. election-related tweets. We also changed how our product works in order to help increase context and encourage more thoughtful consideration 
before tweets are shared broadly. We're continuing to assess the impact of these product changes to inform our long-term roadmap. If you're not a newspaper at Twitter or Facebook, then why do you have editorial control over the New York Post? That to me seems like you're the ultimate editor. You do realize that by taking down that story, you, per, per, you probably gave it more prominence and more visibility than it ever would have gotten had you left it alone. We realize that and uh, we recognize it as um, a mistake that we made, um, both in terms of the uh, intention of the, of the policy and also the enforcement action of not allowing people to share it publicly or privately, which is why we corrected it within 24 hours. All right. Joining us now is Congressman Greg Stubbe, Florida. He has a bill limiting the reach of Section 230 for big tech. That's the liability provision you've heard so much about that does not exist for news organizations like newspapers and news channels and news divisions and broadcast networks, et cetera, or fake news divisions. Anyway, the changes would then modify the immunity that big tech companies have uh, under this bill, which, by the way, needs to happen. I mean, it's I can't even put a, a financial figure on the value and worth that this this gives these companies when, in fact, they're no different by editing out that which they like and don't like and determining who's going to be heard and who's not going to be heard. It's not any different from these so-called media organizations that are abusively biased. That's the same thing. Anyway, Congressman, what are the odds we can get this done? Hey, Sean, thanks for having me on the show. Um, well, I, you know, you in early last year, the Democrats actually had hearings. I sit on the subcommittee for antitrust about big tech and talking about breaking them up. So there's certainly interest among the Democrats to do something here. I read in an article this morning that uh, Cicilline, who's the, the chairman of that subcommittee, had also said, given the violence that occurred up here and some of the discourse that was going on online, that he's more open to reviewing uh, Section 230. My bill is very simple. It applies a market dominance test. So for people like Facebook and Twitter and that sort of thing, we can we would be able to have a private right of cause of action if they have done something that is not consistent with the First Amendment to the Constitution. So any individual business or so the New York Post with that story that they mistakenly, quote unquote, uh, didn't allow to be tweeted. And oh, by the way, our Judiciary Committee official website, they flagged and censored because we were trying to get the New York Post story out in an official channel, and they flag that as well. So this would allow for organizations, businesses, when, when they do actions like this, to have a private right of cause of action and also provides for um, damages, uh, direct damages, compensatory, liquidated damages in the amount of 500000 if they are found to have been acting that way. So I can guarantee you that's going to change the behavior if this bill gets passed. Okay, what are the odds it gets done? Because if I'm a liberal Democrat, I kind of like it. Uh, they're doing all of our, the bidding for us. If we keep, let them keep this extra protection and it limits their liability, they're probably going to continue to advocate for us. Why would I bother to want to change something like that? Yeah, until, I mean, the reality is until the Republicans get the gavels in the House, we don't have any authority or power to bring anything in these committees, to bring anything to the floor. We're completely beholden to Speaker Pelosi and the Democrats that run some of these committees. So 
I'm certainly not greatly optimistic that this is something that we could get done, because the only way that it would get done in the next two years is if the Democrats uh, agree or want to work with us on some of these changes. You know, well, is there any Democrats you've spoken to that do? Because I doubt it. Well, I'm actually, the, there was a, I can't remember where I read it. I think it was the Wall Street Journal where they interviewed Cicilline, who, who seemed, based on his language of reforming 230 from a liability perspective, he seemed uh, responsive to that. So I'm going to reach out to him because I sit on his subcommittee and see if he'd be willing to work uh, with me on this. They, he and other Democrats certainly wanted to go after big tech before all of this happened and break them up from an antitrust perspective. So I still think that is there. But again, unfortunately, until we take the House back in 2022, which I, I'm going to work hard and I think my colleagues are going to work hard to, to accomplish, they make the decisions in the committees of what legislation's brought up. But that's certainly not going to stop me from advocating to this. Good for you. Uh, Congressman, thanks for all you're doing. Will you please keep us updated on this topic? We need to know about it. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Bill is in Mississippi. What's up, Bill? How are you? Glad you called. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here. I'd like to say I'm a conservative liberal, which you don't find many of those, I don't think. But, I don't even uh, know what that I, means, but go ahead. <laughs> I have views on both sides. Uh, I was in Washington, D.C. I heard no mention of violence. Uh, if anybody is to be held responsible for this, I hold the Supreme Court ultimately responsible for this, for not hearing any case on fraud. That is their fault. Them and the left-stream media, as well as congressmen, senators, governors of these states that broke their laws, but ultimately the nine sheep justices. And that's why they call them nine sheep justices, because they haven't done a darn thing. You know, look, the Supreme Court has an opportunity to take on 8,000 cases a year. They take on about 80. A case of this importance, especially uh, one where they have uh, original jurisdiction, as we call it, they should have taken the case. Um, I Sadly, you cannot escape a reality that I, I believe strongly, and that is that the courts are deeply, unfortunately, and it's wrong, influenced by by the political ramifications of decisions and i don't think they had the appetite to take these issues on whatever way it would have come out like i really enjoyed reading the wisconsin supreme court decision based on the law there and a beatdown by the chief justice in in wisconsin uh in his dissent and because it is it is necessary it is thought-provoking as he stated, these issues aren't going to go away. They're just going to keep coming up unless the other four members of this court have the courage to deal with it. Uh, the term, you know, this is nothing but judicial activism through inaction um, is a very powerful line that was used in that case. So I, I tend to agree that they should have. They didn't. And this is where we are. And, you know, um, some t you know, it's it's you don't always one thing perspective wise for people and they're they're out of the ashes i'm just telling you you're going to watch the left and we see the beginnings of it now and what they're doing with president trump and we see what they're doing with big tech and we see big tech trying to silence voices and and so on and so forth wokeness at a level i don't think anybody could have ever anticipated and i think americans natural inclination and i think man human beings natural inclination 
If we believe rights don't come from government but come from God, they're God-given, endowed by our Creator, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. If our natural inclination is liberty and freedom, and, and then you have this authoritarianism, the statism, the socialism, it, you know, it has a lot of different terms associated with it. We know it's going to fail. It's been promised in many, it's been many manifestations over history. And when it does, the country, I believe, will look towards conservative solutions again. Now, at that point, the amount of damage inflicted on, you know, because of socialism and spending and debt and deficits and, you know, it's it always gets harder. I have faith in the American people and I have faith that, you know, we have a way of righting wrongs in this society or if we make bad decisions in society. I, I, I think there's an ebb and flow, a natural process. Nobody wants to hear that message right now. It's like when my kids played sports, they played individual sports. If they lost, they didn't want to hear that lecture after this, the match. The next day, maybe I could talk to them about, you don't always win. And sometimes you lose. And, and, and how do you pick up the pieces and go forward? Um, and this, is one of, this, this was a hard-fought battle. We all have our views on, on the issues surrounding this election that none of us like that better be resolved if we want confidence in elections moving forward. Um, and I think we're going to be able to, to we'll, we'll manage a way to, I think conservatism will once again resolve a lot of the problems and the wreckage that's going to be left out of, you know, socialistic, liberal redistribution, new Green Deal policies that I don't believe are good. And so there's always there's always hope. There's always, you know, another side of things. Uh, but it's not the right time to talk about it. I agree. It's sort of like if my kids lose. Yeah. OK, Dad, shut up. And just they don't want to hear it. And they're right. I understand it. I get it. Um, all right, let's go to uh, Judy is in North Carolina. Hey, Judy, how are you? I'm good, Sean. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I liked, I liked what your last caller was saying where, you know, you, or you're telling them that we want to have hope. But I think the hardest part in all of this is, you know, for the past month and a half, we've been told by elected officials on both sides, okay, this is what's happened. You have to accept the election. And the more that we're getting told that, the more frustrated conservatives, Republicans, libertarians, that we're all we're getting is the fact we keep getting told this by people in Washington that we are paying their salaries. But at the same time, we were told, okay, you have to accept the peaceful protesting of the summer. You have to accept watching small business owners, businesses be turned down, burned down. You have to watch police cars being caught on fire, we were told, you have to watch this. And we were told this by the radical left, accept this. Then it comes time of the election. We keep getting told, okay, here's the election. There's been fraud in it, whether right or wrong. But then we go on and our politicians, you take your um, Jim Jordans, your Matt Gates, all of those that are going to say, at least listen to it. At least let them present some facts because the Supreme Court didn't. Well, then it comes to the protesting, I'm sorry, the rioting, whatever they want to call it in Washington. It's easy to understand the frustration of the American people who have put these congressmen and senators into office thinking they're doing the right thing for us, but then now getting told, no, you have to accept it in spite of what they're being told. And it's like a person telling a lie 
and then you know that the truth is there, and you just so badly want somebody to listen to you. But no, they're now saying, you have to shut up. You cannot listen to this. I don't understand why all it would have taken was give a 10-day audit to something. Then it could be, okay, this is it. This is right or wrong. And then you fix it. That's what we're supposed to do as Americans. If someone tells me that my child has done something, and I know for a fact that they didn't do it, and you don't let me explain my case, I'm going to be frustrated as a parent. And we're doing this as Americans. We're frustrated that people that we trusted to tell us, this is the tax that you're going to pay. This is how we're going to fight a war. This is how we're going to tell your children how to go to school, the education you're going to give them. And they could not even allow us a 10-day audit. Well, that, I mean, I, listen, I'm, I'm not going to get into... Listen, is we all have the right. What we have to understand here is under, you know, we were right in condemning the violence all summer. No Democrat wanted to do it because they didn't want to alienate what they thought was a part of their base for the election. All right. That's going to wrap things up uh, for today. Loaded up tonight. Congressman Devin Nunes, Steve Scalise, Rick Grinnell, Peter Schweitzer, Dave Rubin, Miranda Devine, James O'Keefe. will show you those videos exclusively. Set your DVR, Hannity, 9 Eastern on Fox News. Be back here tomorrow with news you'll never get from the media mob. That's right. We're independent. They're not. Thanks for being with us. See you back here tomorrow. See you tonight at 9.